Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 29. In today's show, we'll be talking to Stephen Rogers of Alchemy Advisors about his new book, Led to Gold, an entrepreneur's guide through transition, transformation, and evolution. Stephen's going to tell us about his incredible journey through entrepreneurship and that included relationships with Warren Buffett, Marshall Goldsmith, and others, and also talk about how his new book helps established business owners achieve amazing outcomes through purpose-based growth. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Shai. How are you this morning? Fantastic. I had a great weekend. How about you? Decent energy. Our topic today is nicely focused on part of that energy struggle for managers and what do they need to do next and what are they missing and what the learnings are out there on the big league of people like Warren Buffett. Yeah, it's really fascinating. You know, I just was reading in Business Insider about Charlie Munger, who you know is, of course, Warren's right-hand man, CFO for many years of Berkshire Hathaway Group, and just an incredible philosopher and investor as well. And he was talking about culture in America. I got to read you this quote. He says, we have a vast gambling culture and people have made it respectable. Basically, the stock market is a casino and too many people want to get rich quickly. (laughs) He went on to say there's way, way too much of that in America and too much of the new wealth has gone to people who either own a casino or are playing in a casino. And I don't think the exaltation of that group has been good for life generally. And I am, to some extent, a member of that group. (laughs) I'm afraid I'll always be a terrible example for youth who want to make a lot of money with and do not much for anybody else and who just want to be shrewd about buying little pieces of paper. Even if you do that very honestly, I don't consider it much of a life. Just being shrewd about buying little pieces of paper, shrewder than other people, is not an adequate life. It's not a good example for other people. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's really, it's, there's a lot in that statement, you know, and, and thinking of the stock market as gambling, which, and the culture that that, that really has inspired, it, it, it's interesting to think about. And from his vantage point, you know, he's been through this rodeo many, many, many times, and he can see it at a different level than most. And to recognize that, that, you know, there's a little bit of artificial process going on here that isn't real. Let's admit it and let's um, try to get real about the whole thing. The game is really called business and it's not just moving paper. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, it reminds me one of my favorite books of all time is a book called Seeking Wisdom from Darwin to Munger. And that's by Peter Bevlin. And it's such an incredible book on philosophy, not just from a business perspective, but really from a life perspective. And it really documents a lot of the wisdom of Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett that goes way beyond buying and selling little pieces of paper. Oh, it's great you're sharing that because here's people that have great insight. You know, getting some of that real world experience really makes a difference. And I understand we've got someone with some real world experience as a guest today. Our guest today is Stephen Rogers of Alchemy Advisors, and Stephen is a former CEO of a Berkshire Hathaway company's work directly for Warren Buffett, and his new book is available now on Amazon, and we're so excited to have him here today to hear about his story and his new book. Good morning, Stephen. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. 
Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're so excited to have you today and talk about your new book, Led to Gold, an entrepreneur's guide through transition, transformation, and evolution. You have uh, such an incredible story. I mean, serving as president and CEO of Prudential California Realty, a division of Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway. What was that experience like? How did you find yourself in charge of such a large company? And, you know, what was it like working with Warren Buffett? Yeah, it was quite a thrill. I have to say it was one of the highlights of my career to be able to say I not only worked for a Warren Buffett company, but that I actually met him numerous times and had dialogue with him and conversations and got to be around some of his leadership styles because of the people that answered to him or worked with him as well. When I started with the company in 1994, it was not part of a Warren Buffett company. It was a, a small franchise in San Diego called Prudential California Realty. And over an eight or 10 year period, we uh, grew that company massively. And it became one of the fourth or fifth largest real estate companies in the nation of all real estate companies. And then after September 11th happened, the real estate market started going in the tank, as I'm sure everyone remembers what their world was like after September 11th. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, changed, it changed the world. I mean, just for everyone, business, personal, spiritual, cultural, economic. I mean, it just changed the world and it changed our real estate world quite dramatically. The gentleman that owned the company was in sheer panic because he had just paid off $32 million to Prudential uh, after paying off all the debt he had borrowed all over the years to get this company built. And he was debt free in the company. And he thought, oh, my God, here we go again. And so Warren Buffett owned a division called Home Services of America, who had just started buying real estate companies and putting them in a holding company and keeping the names of those companies. And on September 12th or 13th, picked up the phone and said, hey, you guys been calling me for a while and it's time we talk. So within six months or so, they got this deal put together and they sold the company. But when I finally got to meet Warren Buffett and uh, shake his hand and be in a cocktail party and a dinner with him, it was just surreal. I mean, you know, it was very quite surreal. You, you meet Warren Buffett and he looks like, uh, you know, somebody's grandpa in a bad JCPenney suit with you know, <laughs> his big glasses that are all smeared up and hair coming out of his ears and just got this very calm demeanor. He's just so comfortable in his skin. And when you talk to him and you hear him talking to others, because everyone hangs on every word, you know, he can switch from talking about Social Security to the stock market to China to charity. Cokes to baseball to Omaha Steaks within seconds and never miss a beat. And it's just brilliant and the kind of information he puts out. So I was just enthralled with that. And then being at things where he would speak or be at conferences, it was a humbling experience. And it was amazing to watch somebody who was so humble, quite frankly, and so wise and so brilliant be part of the group we were part of. And for me, it was a, a surreal experience because I'm a guy who barely graduated high school. I moved out of my house when I was 17 years old and went on my own path. And I guess you could say I broke away and became an entrepreneur in an, at a young age, even from my family. But to be sitting across from him and realizing that, you know, here's a guy, you know, myself, that anything is possible in America. And so it was just very lifting experience for me. And then as I went through the process and learned about being part of a Sarbanes-Oxley regulated company and meeting all this other CEOs and other divisions and going to Berkshire Hathaway shareholder conferences and being surrounded by magnificent, strong, talented, driven people, it helped me up my game. So what I took away from that experience was massive accountability. They track and measure everything down to the nats, but... And it was a great thing to go through that I've used to this day on tracking and measuring and, and performance and tracking numbers and anything you can track and measure, you can improve upon. So it was a very big highlight of my career, to tell you the truth. So tell us about the transition, though. So you go from basically high school dropout, move out of your house, you get into real estate, you have this incredible run that culminates with you becoming the CEO of a Berkshire Hathaway company. 
and then there's this transition. So how did that accountability and some of those other lessons that you learned inform the transition to who you are now and what you do now? I use the same tenacity and the same drive that I had when I moved out of my house and when I became a waiter and a bartender and then a real estate manager and I was um, hunting every day, so to speak. I use that same mentality when I got into the, the real estate world and, and also when I became a CEO. I, you know, I worked harder than everyone else. I worked a lot of hours. I worked smartly when I was working. I learned from others. I worked with great passion. I always was in the mindset of serving others and being of service, anticipating others' needs. And I did that. And that attitude got me to go from being a manager to a regional manager to a general manager. And then eventually I became the vice president and president and COO. And next thing I know, I was sitting in the chair of the CEO. Uh, And that was an amazing transformation along the way. So I had had that I was going to be the CEO of that company on index cards for 10 years. And I remember waking up in the morning that I was actually the CEO of the company and putting my feet on the floor and going in to brush my teeth and shave that morning. And I'm looking in the mirror going, wow. I'm the CEO today. This really came true. So that process was really cool. It was a phenomenal thing. But it was in 2005, six when I became the CEO of the real estate company. And the real estate market had now slid into one of the worst real estate markets I'd ever seen. So when I stepped in, the Titanic had already started to go down a bit. And so my first course of action for the next two or so years was to cut, 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 cut. So I cut and closed almost 40 offices of the 100 we had, laid off tons of people, cut expenses. And then a week before Christmas, I got pushed out. And then I was one of the casualties. So that forced me into a transition myself. So when the guy underneath you makes half the money you make, and then you've done all the lift and haul, and you're in a corporate political arena, and you've survived as long as you can, uh, the next thing I decided was I can either go back and I go into the corporate world again, or go become an executive somewhere else, which I had many opportunities to do that. Or I can go out and do something different, which is become an entrepreneur. And in 2009, that's what I decided to do. So that transition, which was painful and crazy, and when all that happened, no one wants to get fired, especially after being in a career for 15 years. But I took it as a great gift. And that gift birthed me to become an entrepreneur. And that transition, I took many of the skills and talents I learned along the way from the Warren Buffett companies and Prudential and all my team members I learned from and adapted that into my entrepreneurial real estate business. What an incredible story. I have to ask you, you know, as you take over on that day as CEO, and as you said, recognizing that you achieved this incredible goal, and then, of course, the classic be careful what you wished for as the bottom drops out from underneath you almost on the same day. And then you have to immediately make all those cuts. I imagine it must have been incredibly difficult. Tell us a little bit about what was that like and what did you learn about yourself in that process? It was a massive downturn. I mean, no one expected the real estate market to get as brutal as it was. And when we were part of Berkshire Hathaway, they kept saying, oh, you're going to be so happy that you sold to Berkshire Hathaway because when the going gets tough, we've got money to sustain it. And none of that came true. So it's kind of like when you find out there's not a Santa Claus and you're a kid and you have this kind of deflated of what the reality of the world sometimes can be, then you have to find a new reality. You have to find a new reality that you can hang your positive outlook on and and realize that's just reality of the world and you find other good things to focus on. So it continued to cause me to be resilient. It continued to cause me to look for the silver lining. Now what my book is called, Lead to Gold, 
It had me continue to look for what seemed like heavy lead and challenge situations to turn them into opportunities and gold. But it was a painful process. I mean, many of these offices and, you know, we had worked years and years to open to find the best location, locate, you know, marketplaces in Beverly Hills or Brentwood or, you know, we kept those open. But some of the surrounding offices we would close or, you know, different parts of Southern California offices that we had just worked forever to get open. And then managers and people that I had worked with for five, eight, ten years to sit across them and tell them that they're fired because they're one of the casualties is a painful process to put through. Um, So it was a very trying time. But what I learned about myself was that I could do it. You do what you got to do. And when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And I learned I could still do tough things with dignity and I could do it with respect. So even though many of these people had to be fired and had to hear those words, many of them years later came to work for me again. And some of them remain to be good friends to this day. One woman in particular, I had to fire about two months before I got fired. And she was the president of the entire escrow division and was a very successful part of our company. And I had to fire her. And a year or so later after I got fired, she became my escrow partner. And we opened up an escrow company and did over a million dollars a year in profit in escrow. So we still laugh about it this day. So I found that you can still do tough things with a heart. Yeah, that's such a great lesson and so painful for our business owners out there that have ever gone through letting someone go or let alone shutting down an entire division or a massive downsizing. And I've certainly been there myself and I can feel how painful that is and <laughs> what a trying time it was. But I, I love what you did with that, though, and what you've turned that into and how that informed who you are today as an entrepreneur. Thank you. Stephen, with your new book just out, what was some of the foundations in the book from some of your findings that was missing in a lot of the business owners and leadership styles and skills that they had? Yeah, thank you for that. I really did rely on a lot of what I learned along the way, of course, because that's what I knew. And I tried to weave in the book what was the similar but different things that you do as a corporate executive versus a small or mid-sized entrepreneur as a business owner. And many of them are similar, but I think they're done sometimes with different attitudes and different perspectives. I also think that people that are entrepreneurs seem to think a little bit more outside of the box and they're willing to take more risk and they're willing to be more creative in the approach of how they're building their businesses and how they're getting to the consumer and even how they're maybe creating the DNA of the culture of their company. Probably what doesn't change and what shouldn't change is having great systems. I don't care if you're a one-man entrepreneur, solo entrepreneur, or you're an entrepreneur that has 10 or 20 or 30 employees, or you're a company like I was running for a period of time that had 5,000 real estate agents. Everyone needs good systems. And so I talk in the book about having systems and having processes that are duplicatable, that are trackable, that are transferable and trainable to your team, and that can be scaled. Because most people are getting into businesses to scale. They want to grow. They want to build more profit. They want to reach more consumers. They want to make more happy people. And so having systems is really a key thing. And I talk in the book about some of the systems and processes you can go through, whether it's on your marketing technology side, administration, operations customer reviews and follow-up. And that was common in both of those things. But also then I talk a lot in the book about having systems for yourself. The reason the book is called Lead to Gold is a couple different reasons. The, The name of my consulting company is called Alchemy Advisors, which is helping people transition, transform, and evolve. And I don't just coach and consult companies and people on just business. 
I only want to work with people that are interested in integrating a whole life process of their entire mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being, as well as materially running a business. And so the book Led to Gold talks about if you're going to put all this energy and effort into running systems and processes in your business, how can you have systems for yourself? Daily rituals, daily practices, making sure you're staying as healthy mentally and physically and spiritually as you can. You know, how do you incorporate your own spiritual practices? How do you incorporate a great, healthy lifestyle? So I adapt that principle of having systems and processes directly into both of those things, and it creates the alchemy or the formula for a really happy, successful, balanced life, even in the trials and tribulations that we all will have every day and every week that we live. Those will never go away. So you have to have good systems and a, an inner harmony in both your business and yourself to be able to sustain all of those things that are going to get thrown at you. Appreciate that. The element of trying to define what is a system or what's not a system and how do we put this together. I like your analogy of having your own personal systems. And as we know, business owners tend to have their personal health as a secondary item when they're leading. What types of things did you find to be the most effective in gluing that together between the business life and the personal life? Yes. One of the things I made a comment on, and I believe this, uh, is that you have to make yourself your first and most important client. You know, it's like when you get on the plane and if you travel and they tell you when the air mask pop down, put it on yourself first before you put it on your child because you got to help yourself first. So I'm a big believer in that, that I like to give, I like to be of service, and I like to be of value to others. But I know if I'm not at my best, and I haven't always been that. There are times in my life that I have not been my best, even though my career was successful and growing. When I was in a general manager or vice president position, I was just chomping at the bit to grow corporately and working and burning the candle at both ends. I got really out of shape. I got very, very overweight, very fat. Um, I started drinking way too much alcohol. Uh, And my motto was, I play hard, I work hard. I play hard, I work hard. And then that stopped working for me. You know, the the playing hard ended up catching up with me. And although my career continued to to grow and to go up the food chain, I got really out of whack and out of balance in my life. So I know what it's like not to be in balance and still feel like you're having outward success. But now, this last few years of my life, I've gotten really focused on health and fitness. You know, I don't drink. I work out every day. I became a vegan over a year ago, so I eat a vegan lifestyle. I'm down to the best weight that I've been in my entire adult life. I have had a business coach that I have paid for myself, not from the companies that I worked for. I was an investment I made back in myself back when I took over that first office that I mentioned to you at Prudential. That was in 1994, before coaches were really that big of a deal. And I paid a coach a fair amount of money back then to keep me accountable and to help me manage my life and my business. But coaching for me became that element that I never got from what I quote called not going to college. Uh, A lot of people go to college and they get to learn their skill, whether they're a surgeon or they're a lawyer or they're a specialist in some fashion. And then some people go to college and they never use anything they got from college in the first place and it was just a degree they got. But for coaching, I find that coaching is very specialized to help you get and dig deep on what you need in that moment that's applicable to your life or your business in that situation from someone who has some expertise themselves and they can help you be guided to find the information you need and to follow through with it. So I'm a huge believer in coaches. I've had them now since 1994. I still have one to this day. I had one every year. And I've had some really phenomenal coaches. You know, for two years, I coached directly with Brian Tracy. Many people probably heard of Brian Tracy. He's written over 70 books and has helped many people in the sales and leadership world. 
I have a mentor of mine that I don't pay to coach. He's just a friend and mentor of mine, but a guy named Marshall Goldsmith, who coaches one of the top executives of the world. When Alan Mulally was overseeing Ford, Marshall was his coach, and Marshall coaches Fortune 500 CEOs throughout the country, and he's a friend of mine. He's here in Rancho Santa Fe. Uh, also did a, a, a nice endorsement of the book for me. He and I walk frequently, and I've known him for over 10 years now, and he's become kind of an informal mentor coach to me. So I, I'm a big believer, anybody listening on this, this show, that if you have a coach, kudos to you. If you don't have a coach, I highly recommend looking into one. And if you're in between coaches, I'd recommend looking to make sure, figure out why you're in between one and what wasn't working to make you in between it, and then go find the right coach for your business. Because I think it's a massive investment in any entrepreneur's world to have a coach to help guide them through the rough waters that they will encounter as they go through the entrepreneurial space. Stephen, those are some great points on coaching, and it's really clear that you know, you've know you taken what you've learned over the years and turned it into very tangible practices in terms of everything from the accountability in your own personal scorecard to how you manage and grow your business, and you just have such a great track record of success. We're so excited about your book. Stephen's new book, Led to Gold, An Entrepreneur's Guide to Transition, Transformation, and Evolution is out now. We thank you so much for joining us. We really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you so much, Shai, and I appreciate that too. Craig, you guys uh, run a great show, and I'm impressed with the people you've had on your show before, and I can't wait to go back and continue to listen to the ones I haven't heard yet because I'm going to listen to more. And you guys really have done a lot of great work for people. So thank you for being out in the world of helping entrepreneurs be better entrepreneurs and run better businesses. So it was an honor to be on your show. Likewise, great to have you. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? If the listeners would like to go check out my book, Lead to Gold by Stephen D. Rogers, they can get that on Amazon. And once they buy the book, if they want to reply back to me and they can email me at steverogerstoday.com, I'll be glad since they're listening on the show today to, to send them a link back that gives them a couple bonuses. Brian Tracy has offered me a short ebook that he has on helping entrepreneurs. And John Astroff has a book that he's emailed me on the mindset of a millionaire and some of the key strategies that the mindset of a millionaire has to have to either stay being a millionaire or to become a millionaire. So if they email me back and let me know they bought the book, then I will be glad to share those bonuses and email them back to your listeners. Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Stephen. Our guest today has been Stephen Rogers of Alchemy Advisors. You can learn more about Stephen and his new book, Led to Gold, an Entrepreneur's Guide Through Transition, Transformation, and Evolution in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.